We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What he say? He said, "Oh, wasn't no shack with you." <laughs> Lucky Lefty Podcast, man. The Anora boys are definitely in the building. Brought to you by Anora Whiskey. <laughs> he AnoraWhiskey.com. That premium American whiskey. AnoraWhiskey.com. And if you drink, by all means, make sure you do so. Like Kitty Smith. (laughs) (laughs) The man tried to say, yeah, I was with Shaq all day. (laughs) No, man. He did take the the PJ back with Shaq, right? Back with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Kitty Smith. I just called Oh, man. Yo, so let's talk some CFB, some recruiting, coaches on the hot seat, and fear factor. Fear factor, bro. Looking at the schedule after spring, are there any games that we look at and say, "Mm, I don't know. This one might be a little bit more dicey than I thought originally. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, man, we'll, that's what we're going to do today, right? I think, for the most part, we spent the last week really dog, not dog, but diving into how Marcus Freeman has really changed 
and double down on recruiting. Just like flat out, it's like, yo, <laughs> so what? We didn't get this guy, this guy, this guy. We're still going after five stars. In pretty good spot. I would say they're in good standing with at least four or five stars. They got one in the fold already. That counts. We'll see how CJ Carr does at the Elite 11. Yeah. Uh, Justin Scott, Elijah Rushing. That's four. If I miss one, we'll get on that. We get man, I'll tell you, look, man, this weekend was crazy, right? First of all, <laughs> yesterday was a pretty good day of basketball. It was a pretty good day of basketball. Shout out to uh shout out to the Sixers, bro, and James Harden. Okay. Shout out to the Sixers and James Harden, because I don't really think they would pack much of a counterpunch to the Celtics in this series. I really mm. didn't. I know I didn't. I just didn't. And James Harden has really shown me something in games one and game four. Like, he's not, which is something. Like, it's, I think because this is a quality of greatness. Even when they lose the things that made them great, that doesn't stop the fact that they're great. Right. They still have more tools in their bag. And he might not be able to go at it. Stay with me, love. Stay, stay with me. Okay. I think you would agree. 1997 Michael Jordan was not the same as 1992 Michael Jordan. Just wasn't. Okay. He wasn't the same athlete. He, he wasn't. Huh? You talking about when he came back? Yeah, this was like the last year he won a championship, like his last championship. He wasn't the same player. Right. He wasn't the same player. But because of his greatness, he just found a way to be great. Even LeBron James, you can laud him in 18 years. LeBron, LeBron James with the Lakers is not LeBron James with the Heat. He's not. He's not. No. Not the same dude. So, uh, more defined, you know. It just They just have tools in their bag, bro. They just. Or would you say it's more efficient? Man, I just say it's greatness. Greatness just had dude, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was 40, 40 years old with goggles, still sky. But efficiency though, you know, it's it was it wasn't as much movement. LeBron James in Miami was doing the thing with D Wade where he throw the ball up and LeBron two-handed from the free throw line. He ain't doing that now. He right, right, right go down and do a Euro or he might dish it out. You know, it's a different efficient LeBron, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think that's what happens with with age. You know, you get in that opportunity where yeah. I think Marcus Freeman will find that defining factor. You know, Coach Kelly went into his defining factor, I think, after uh 2016, where mm -hmm. he had to be super efficient, where he got rid of all of the coaches that he had before, strength staff, and really got down to the nitty-gritty, kept Jake, Jake, Jake Strong, Jake uh uh, Jake Long, Jake Strong, one of those. Sorry, Jake, my bad. But uh, and it really had to harp in on finding the right coaches. He got Clark Lee. Uh -huh. He got Marcus Freeman, right? He got guys that uh, got he stand back in the fold. Got guys that uh, he felt like were efficient in, in getting the job done. And I think uh, with Marcus Freeman, he'll be able to find that. Uh, as as time goes on, I think when you first get in there, it was these huge, obvious things that he needed to change, huge, obvious things that I think we can all agree he probably wanted to jump on ASAP. Mm -hmm. But what ended up happening, which was pretty cool, was the fact that, uh, you know, once you get those obvious things done, like the recruiting back on track, like uh, managing coming out of the first half, with more energy and enthusiasm, stuff that you can see, 
in year three or four, I'm expecting Marcus Freeman to be defining the the process of being a head coach where he's he's hiring different assistants uh, that are in the building, you know, bringing an Ed Orgeron or bringing a Jim Trestle in the building or getting another version of a James Laronitis, you know, because at that point you got the big infrastructure figured out and yeah. now you're fixing pieces. Like, for instance, getting a quarterback coach this year is a part of defining the role of the offense because now you got an offensive coordinator and a quarterback coach. Now it's two heads for focusing on the development issue, which is, uh, you know, one of the glaring issues from last year. So I said that to get to this point. Greatness has many ways that it wins game. I think if you look at Nick Saban, He's won championships three or four different ways. Different quarterbacks, different style of teams. Um, I think Kirby is probably going through his first iteration of championships at Georgia. Dabo pretty much did it, in my opinion, the same way with back-to-back great quarterbacks at Clemson. It's going to be interesting to see moving forward this season how many different types of ways Notre Dame can win games. That's greatness. That's right. That's greatness. Like great teams, like I still remember the best or the greatest collection of talent, according to most people, which was the 2000 to 2001. Miami Hurricanes, right? They almost lost to Boston College, bro, which was like on the road in a Big East matchup that they had no business being due three yards away from losing that chance to be in the national championship. I mean, Mm. Boston College is right there on the goal line Mm. with a chance to upset them. And they come up with the turnover, and Ed Reed returns it famously, and you know, they go on to do what they do. It is very important that when we look at this season and we break it down, we understand that there are going to be a couple of games where we're like, why is this game close? Right. Why yeah. is this game close? Like, Why are we still – dealing with this team. And I think some of that, this is my opinion, Left, You tell me how you feel, man. I don't, look, everybody can sit here and talk about the transfers that have left the program and talk about, man, you know what? That's cool. I think we're still good. Losing players is not a good thing, bro. Right. Not quality players. Not quality players. Not quality players. I can see we were losing guys that never saw the field. Yeah. Ever in the program. It's like, okay. And we talked about it. You know, at the running back position, it's like, okay. You know, that position is a position where you can come in early and get it done. More nuanced position. Wide receivers, not so much, even though we had three young freshmen but we feel like they can contribute. So let's see the fear factor, right? What's the fear factor of this season? What's the fear factor of this schedule? I don't think either of us have a fear factor about game number one over in Ireland. No. I think scale of one to five, five being the highest, our fear factor would be set at a one. Yeah. Because that's the lowest we can go. Maybe a one and a half because the travel, you know, how they adjust to the time zone. Maybe they start a little slow on the first couple plays, you know. But I think we'll be good. And didn't Marcus Freeman go fishing with Sam Hartman or something like that? In that connection there, growing, I saw some pictures of that. So did Marcus Freeman go fishing, or did 
the offensive coordinator go fishing. I know Gino Gadouli and Jared Parker went fishing with Sam Harbin over the spring. Yeah, I saw uh, Marcus Maybe. Freeman fish with uh, Sam Harbin. I'm like, that's 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 what you what you like to see. Okay, okay. That was probably a conversation. They was like, man, you the guy. <laughs> so uh, September the second, <laughs> I think the fear factor. There's probably less than one for Tennessee State. Yeah, less than one. <laughs> well, you know, they, they may be surprising. Like, you know how Georgia State always pops out and make it challenging for teams early in the season like they did for Tennessee, uh, you know, that couple years ago where they went down to Tennessee and beat them. So mm. maybe it's something about the Georgia boys, but um, – <laughs> But, uh, you know, I, I think Eddie George is trying to put the program in a good direction where I don't think they're going to come out and be awful. Mm-hmm. Be playing like Central State or anything. But, you know, we'll see how it goes. All but right. from our expectation, we shouldn't make it a game. North Carolina State, let me tell you something. My fear factor for this game was at about a – Two. I'm gonna raise it to a three left. Where are you at? They lost Devin Leary. I mean, that might be a blessing, but I mean they and it's it's at home. I no, it's, it's at it's at NC State. Last time we was there, we didn't win that game. That was the Hurricane game. I mean, inclement weather had a lot to do with that, but inclement. inclement. Uh, I'd say a four. I'd probably say a four. Just because it's an away game, Sam Harvin's first away game. Um, he's 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 familiar with playing there. CCF, yeah, but you know I'm sure there'll some factor of uh, Notre Dame coming to town is going to add to it. This would be Sam's first test, right? Right. And with Notre Dame in an away game, where you know games like the, the usual Saturday games are just a little bit more intense. Because teams treat us like the Super Bowl. It's just like <laughs> – so I think, you know, it's a four only to see what it'll look like uh, with those Notre Dame expectations on the road. All of that that you just said had me at a two. They wasn't a bad team last year. No, no, they weren't a bad team. They had a bad loss at the end of the season to that horrible Boston College team at oh, home. Man. They kind of made their season look a little bit worse than what it was. But this is what made me reconsider, Left. Okay. You remember when we went over the top returning defenses okay. in college football? Mm-hmm. And we saw that Notre Dame was coming in at or came in at number 12 on mm. that list. Yeah. And we talked about the potential of the Notre Dame defense in the ceiling. Yeah. North Carolina State came in at number 11. It's pretty solid. It's a pretty solid. Like, North Carolina State's always had pretty good defense. Like, just. And their best unit is the secondary. Yeah, I believe it. Nick McLeod came from North Carolina State. Over to Notre Dame. You're absolutely right. Had a good season with us. So, you know, I think it's definitely potential in there. You know, but at the same time, we got Sam Hartman, the 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 unquestioned um, – I wouldn't say game manager – but the unquestioned leader that we got for the offense moving forward, that it's an environment that he should be used to. So that should be the great equalizer of a secondary that's supposed to be ranked high pretty coming back. But, you know, Sam went 11 for 16 in the spring game. 
That means that we're going to be throwing that rock. <laughs> Look, they return a veteran defensive line or they return a top-notch secondary. That's what I'm saying. A four is reason. And for, for them to be the first, if you want to say the first true competition, like the step up, like you go from maybe – to which will be competitive, then you play Jackson State, but then you take a step up to North Carolina State on the road. <coughs> I don't know, bro. I, I'm I'm at a three. I was at a. I had it at a two. I read that about their defense coming back and some of the transfers they got in. I think they got in the number three JUCO transfer. They got in a big-time defensive transfer out of Cincinnati. So I'm going to sit at a three. I see a lot of people in the chat talk saying five, which is – I said four, but I'm only saying four because I, I don't think their offense is going to put up enough points to overcome our efforts because I think mm. we know, even with a good defense, we'll float around a – should float around a 35-point game. I think – North Carolina State can't score 35 on our defense, which is why I don't think it was a threat to where I would put it at an eight. But I think their defense is the challenge that presents, and things happen when you play on away games. Left, man. Mm, I'm cool with that. I'll put it at I'll put it at three. I'm gonna leave it at three for right about now. Central Michigan at Notre Dame. That's a one for me. Even that's after seeing that's gonna be a five for me. <laughs> what? Out of respect for my guy Charlie Fry. Let me see if he's is Charlie Dude. Fry. Hey, the history of Mac schools coming to Notre Dame Stadium does yield itself to close games. Hold on, it, it, it's, it's, hold on, I gotta look it up. Is Charlie Fry still the offensive coordinator? Hold on. Let me see. Okay, no, no, no. Okay, I got him at a. I got it at a two, maybe a one. Yeah, I got out of one. You agree with a one? Yeah, one was. Okay. I thought, I thought that offensive coordinator they still had. I can say a one. Then Ohio State. Now this is where it gets interesting because you know, for me, Ohio State. You're saying a fear factor, though. Fear, fear factor for me was look. Hey, you know how I felt about Marvin Harrison Jr. I had them sitting at a prob probably at a four, four and a half. After hearing about the struggles they really have on that offensive line, especially at both tackles, new quarterback, they do have three defensive players ranked the top of the shades first round way too early, mock draft for next year. So <laughs> they bring back some talent defensively. I don't know. Maybe I take it down to a, a three and a half. I, I, for some reason, the bad offensive line and the new quarterback just. Mm. I don't know. It changes things for me. And I know it's only spring, but this is why we do a post spring fear factor. Like, have, th have things changed? Where did you have Ohio State like before? Last well, you didn't believe in the quarterbacks anyway, but go ahead. This year, I have Ohio State at like a five, only because I really believe this. A, we're, for a style fight, I think we fit uh, very well in beating Ohio State from our styles and what we have on paper compared to what they have on paper. Mm -hmm. So I think we – so I'm not in fear of playing Ohio State. I want the challenge of playing Ohio State. I feel the same way of how I felt about when Clemson came last year. Mm -hmm. They were 
quote unquote a good team, but I didn't have the fear of playing them. I wanted to play them at home with K Club. <clears throat> you know. Yeah. So I want them to play us at home with Kyle McCord. So I put it at a five. Yeah. Ben Morrison, when I messed around, I had two picks, something crazy, <clears throat> you know. Because you're going to have to put the game in the quarterback's hands if you want to beat Notre Dame. I'm gonna go ahead and say it's a matchup. It's huge. I think this game is huge for. I think this game is bigger for Marcus Freeman than it is Ryan Day. Really, the only important game for Ryan Day is the the last game of the year for Ohio State. That's it. That's it. First, in he, first. In if he loses to Jim Harbaugh again, he might be in trouble. He might be in trouble. And I, that might him being in trouble might not be him losing his job, but it would definitely be. He can't lose to Michigan three times in a row. Because you, you're, not, you're not John Harbaugh. So – we're not like you can lose Ohio State 10 years in a row and be good because mm. you're John Harbaugh. But you, my friend, are Ryan Day. And Ohio <laughs> State has been winning for way too long. Uh-huh. Urban and Jim Trestle and all them boys for way too long. They start accepting these consecutive losses to the team. Y'all don't even say the name of. Y'all just say the team up north. That's like the whole identity. It's like you have to get fired from an identity standpoint. Like the identity of Ohio State just being better than Michigan is the is the antithesis. What do you say? Antithesis? Or <laughs> the, 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 yeah. the, the soul of Ohio State. And consecutive losing that game, you just have to get fired just because we can't even, you know, we can rock with a lot of things. Right. But that it's like you can't win enough games to outweigh the weight of what that game means for that program where it is now. Because I think it's a huge recruiting uh, difference. It's like, yeah, I like the Big Ten. I like, you know, Ohio State, Michigan, and those teams. But Ohio State is that dominant factor because they whoop Michigan every year. Mm-hmm. But now the scales of recruiting start equaling and out when Michigan starts whooping Ohio State in the Big Ten, you know, and then yeah. the quarterback factor of USC coming in the Big Ten with Lincoln Riley, that may change recruiting skills. They're already buffing up their defense with guys that they definitely wouldn't have gotten if Lincoln Riley wasn't there. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. So I'll I'll sit. I'll go back and forth. Right. I look at the offense, the new quarterback, the offensive line, and I'm like, hmm, man, I might be able to drop this down to three. Then I look at the wide receivers and I say, but the wide receivers, you know, the quarterback has to get the ball to him. Quarterback needs time to throw. Then I look at the defense and I say, pretty formidable. Number one, number three returning defense in the nation. But then I think about it. I don't think Ohio State's going to come into the game with the same intensity as, as Notre Dame. No. I think they're going to come in and they're going to feel like, man, we beat these dudes last year. Where I think Notre Dame's gonna, going to come in and say, we should have beat these dudes last year. We should have beat them. That's just, that's just what they have to – Ohio State has to overcome that tension in the air for that because because they know yeah 
they know that they they thought they was looking ahead and it was like, whoa, 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 whoa. We gotta we gotta lock in <laughs> to escape this 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 yeah. one that we finna take. Yeah. And and at the end of the day, we got a lot of returning players that remember that game as well. Guys that, that are, are on the edge of their seats where Ohio State just can't get up enough for that because they lost a quarterback. Mm-hmm. They got a whole new scheme going on. You know, they're going through a transition in some ways. Like, you're going to see them run the ball a hell of a lot more. And I just think that takes time to just grow into. Ohio State is transitioning into exactly what we are coming out of. Mm-hmm. They're going into a shell. We coming out of the shell. We're going to look like more Ohio State than they are in the game. It's going to be a total twilight zone. We got the better quarterback. We throwing the ball more, and they trying to run it more. So I think when that uh, transition happens, I think we'll be much more comfortable winning the game. Lucky Lefty Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, CFE Nation, in conjunction with Irish Breakdown, all of our great content, go subscribe on our Lucky Lefty Podcast YouTube channel. That thumbs up, hit that for us. Helps us with our views, man. We give you the audio edible each and every day. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. You already know we spin it different as we continue on talking fear factor 2023 Notre Dame schedule. Woo-wee. One of these next two games is a trap game, left. Mike Elko and his Duke Blue Devils on the road. Riley Leonard as a formidable foe as a quarterback. Their defense has steadily improved under Mike Elko. You come off of that big emotional win against Ohio State. I'll go ahead and put it in the atmosphere. That big emotional win against Ohio State. And then you go on the road to face a team that athletically you're better than. But they're coached so well that if you're not on your A game, you can end up in a dog fight. And it can be for four quarters. Yeah. It's going to be for four quarters. I think uh... – but the thing is, we're just more talented than the team. So it's like, you know, they'll probably put up a good fight and then we'll overcome as it as the time goes on. Yeah. But it, it'll be a respect game where we're like, look, we're not about to overlook you now. You know, we're going to go hard. But at the end of the day, we recruit better. So <laughs> y'all going to fizzle out. And then we'll, cause we're not a team that's undisciplined. So you're just not going to beat us off of just like one of those – those Appalachian State versus North Carolina games where we just have terrible defense and just giving yeah. up hundreds of <laughs> where it's a shootout. It ain't gonna be no shootout, but it's a respect to where you're y'all gonna get some stuff off because y'all practice and y'all game playing well and y'all got coached well. And, but you know, when you put that number seven back there, mm. and it's like, all right, tackle this. <laughs> you may know where we're going. Yeah, you, you didn't study well enough, but tackle this fourth quarter. Yeah. That's where we, you know, this is how we eliminate and separate ourselves from having competitive games from all these other uh, teams that we should be beating. You know, so when it comes down to just straight, we can keep throwing stuff at you. That's who we are. We may not give you that number one pick of the draft. Mm-hmm. But we'll throw a lot of talent at you. Where you're like, man, these, these brothers got depth. We just don't have a second and third unit at Vanderbilt or at Pitt or at Duke. We got a good first unit, a couple backups. Mm. But y'all got two deep, some young threes, going there, catch a touchdown or something, you know. It's too much by the fourth quarter. Louisville after that. So where did you place Duke? What was your number? You had them at like a three? I got them at a four because of respect. Oh. I got a four because of respect. I respect the fact that they, you know, they're going to be coached well. They smart guys, you know, do hard to get into. You, know? yeah, you agree. Jason Smith agrees with you. He says four. 
the Elko factor, but I think we do pull it off. I think it's better that we play that one on the road, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I can agree with that. Louisville. Changes all over the place for the Cardinals. I, I see Notre Dame blowing Louisville out. I'm going to be honest. Who they got over there? The Purdue guy? The guy that made Charlie Jones famous? Yes. Yes, sir. He'll have some stuff in the tank because they I like uh the, the quarterback situation. Pierce Clarkson isn't bad. You know, he's a freshman over there. They'll they'll be all right. I'm, I'll put them at a three and a half. I'm not gonna say that these teams aren't gonna be competitive, but I think the factor that we're deeper than most teams and, mm-hmm. and coach well, that's an overcoming factor for a lot of teams that you know are thinly uh deep only a few teams in college football are, are two three deep that can go really make an impact in the game yeah the louisville game i think you're catching a a, a Brom squad that's he's trying to really reinvigorate and put his program together yeah so even though he's probably got some transfers coming in and the offense will probably be vastly improved just defensively and all together, all units. I don't think everything will be up to snuff. They'll probably come out fired up with some emotion. But at the end of the day, you know, that's, that's at least a three-touchdown smack on the road. Three See, I like, I like that you're saying three-touchdown, not no three-point win. No, 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 no. I feel pretty confident this will turn into a blowout. Good. Yeah. October 14th, baby. I don't know what he's going to have on his fingernails when he comes to Notre Dame Stadium. <laughs> but he's coming. He's coming. He's coming. And, and you have said, left. you have been firm in saying on October 14th, we better put up 40 points. Yeah, easily. <laughs> like we we have to put up 40 points. USC scores. Yeah. Yeah. Last I year. think I actually think Notre Dame will be more fired up about USC than they will Ohio State. Yeah, I got Dude. it at like, we can, we can debate that. I got it at a seven. A seven? We yeah. the scale only goes up to five left. Oh, I thought it was at a ten. I'm sorry. You might have to oh, read that thing. That'd be great. Knees way too high. Man. <laughs> oh, hell. We got to knock all my scores to two and a half. So, wait a minute. Wait a minute. On a scale of one to five, you you have Navy at a one. No, let's just do 10. All right. We'll do scale of one to 10 to keep it so you can stay in the same mindset. That's right. So you've been doing scale of one to ten. So you had North Carolina State at a four, Ohio State at a five. You had Duke at a four, Louisville. You had low. Yeah, three and a half. USC at a seven. Because we're gonna have to steal some possessions from. Um, we're definitely going to steal some possessions from Caleb. I don't think it's going to be a one where Sam's just playing better. I think it's going to be hell. We got to we scored off of one of his fumbles. We scored off of a pick, and we win by ten. You know that kind of thing. Hmm. I'm gonna put a, I'm gonna put Southern Cal. At a nine, bro. Mm. This is the one that I think Notre Dame has the biggest chance of losing. Yeah, because of the quarterback. More than any other game. It's More not just the quarterback. It's, it's the fact that Lincoln Riley went out, got the two big monsters at defensive tackle. Yep. 
Now, we don't know what that secondary is going to look like. Alex Grinch has been subpar as a defensive coordinator and a play caller. But they wouldn't got two studs on that defensive line. At some point, <laughs> at some point, you have to give Lincoln Riley some credit for closing up the biggest factors in that defense being horrible. So we'll we'll see. They did lose their best pass rusher to the NFL. We'll see if they reload. Linebacker situation, lots of injuries. They still don't have the depth that they'll have probably in the program in year three or four. But I, I have this at like an eight and a half, nine, bro. This, this is the game. It is a game. It's a game of the season. Um, I just got out of seven because even with those those people coming in, they're just not known to be a defensive team. You know? No, it's been a while since they've been known as a defensive team. And plus, we have a really good offensive line. So if anything, they're trying to match our intensity in the trenches. Let alone be better than. But you got to tackle all the X-Men in that fourth quarter. And I want to see what they do with that because we're going to be killing them with Jadarian Price in there. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> LeBron Payne in there, running hard. And you got Audrey finishing the job. So we should yeah. be all right. Yeah, I, I would worry about it's all about the quarterbacks for me, right? Like Riley Leonard makes me nervous. Caleb Williams makes me nervous. The, the quarterbacks of Ohio State don't really make me nervous. No. Kane Klubnick, I have to see him. I have to we see him play. We done caught him with his pants down. He, he Yeah, I have to see him play because I'm not nervous at this point. Still not, not nervous. at this point. I'm not nervous. So see, the difference was I was nervous mm-hmm. when Trevor first played us and when he played us in the last time. Mm. No question. If I got a guess about you, we're not worried. Pittsburgh after a bye. It's the it's the field Jacobic game, bro. If, if he, he can stay healthy, if he can make it to the game, right? Oh man, can't you speak about that till it gets close. Man, look here. I think Notre Dame wins that. That's, they'll be better. They'll be a better team. I mean, they only had one. In that 23 recruiting class, they had one recruit that was a four-star. Everyone else was three-star and below. Mm. And then Notre Dame came and took their four-star. That's Kenny Minchie. That's right. So, yeah, I would have them pretty low, maybe a three maybe a three, four. November the 4th in Clemson, South Carolina. You get to walk in and kick that rock over. That's right. I got us out of, I got us out of five. I mean, you know. That's fair. That's fair. Our game of the year is USC. Yeah. And it's just, is a, is a, uh, Icing on the cake for a good season. Yeah. Uh, something that needs to be done, but not uh over it's not overlooked, but it's definitely not worried about. Yeah, I would sit them at a five. The defense is gonna be man, like I said, look, we disagree. You said you feel like the Notre, if the Notre Dame defense ends up being better than Clemson's defense. You might have a defense that's the best that Notre Dame has had in like the last decade. Like, <laughs> I mean. In what yeah. way, I guess? I mean, Clemson is normally a top 10 national defense. Yeah. You said last week that you feel like Notre Dame is going to be better defensively. Oh. Defensive line, yes. 
Secondary, yes. But their linebackers <laughs> are always sneakily pretty pretty solid. Yeah, they returned some pretty darn good linebackers this year. So. They returned some pretty good linebackers this year. So, and don't forget, as Jeremy Weller said, Clemson is going to be out for revenge because Notre Dame did kind of embarrass them last year. They they treated them like little kids. But that's because their quarterbacks wasn't ready. So they couldn't do much, you know, and then yeah. eventually you let Drew Pine play from a lead. We're going to be all right. I got, man, I can see that. Wake Forest and Stanford. I put those two together because I feel like they should be gimmies, especially after a bye on November the 11th. That darn Stanford trip always seems tricky, though. You ain't lying. Any <laughs> trip in California late in the season is just an automatic tough game. <laughs> like, bro, come on, man. I'll sit, I'll put both of those games. I think <laughs> Sam Harper's probably going to throw for like 400 against Wake Forest. Just because, yeah, he should have a he should have a one of them type of games. Yeah, and then Stanford, like I said, that last game, Notre Dame will probably be up, and just you know, some stupid stuff will happen, and Stanford will get some lucky scores and stay in the game, and it's just the last game. It happens, the it happens every time. Every time, man. Every time, even that peak, the Jack Cone game when they went out there, they beat them handily. But then it was like Notre Dame fumbled, and then Stanford yeah, scored, and then they got a long touchdown. It's like we don't know how to put Stanford away for whatever reason, man. But we have to not make this a hard thing this year, <laughs> yo. Uh, Eric Ward has a question for you, love. You think ID would be so good? I don't see. Uh, what is? I don't see it. Um, our defense has a lot of potential on paper, man. It's just how do we, how do we execute at the end of the day? Um, we have the perfect schedule. To, to give ourselves the evaluation of if we're worthy or not for being one of the best defenses in the last decade, it's set up for it to be like that. But we still have to define who are going to be the stars in the front seven. We got a lot of inklings of who we think could be good. We got the shedding of some guys that we thought could be a big factor this year. But who are going to be the stars in the front seven? Because if it's right now how it is, we just got a really good defense with a bunch of solid players. But you need stars in every in every sport. You need stars, and I need to. We need to identify who those guys are gonna be. Is it gonna be a Jason Onye? Is it gonna be a Jalen Snead and Nolan Ziegler? Uh, you know, maybe a Maris pops out. Psh, Jordan Patellos. We need a we need a clear identifying star and a defense that's really good. Maybe Xavier Watts. Started started the middle of the defense in some ways. So lots of potential, and it's been based upon the front. If that defensive front takes a step forward, that changes everything. Because yep. we've had pretty good secondary play. We've had safeties that are impact players. Benjamin Morrison, Kyle Hamilton, and the secondaries have pretty much held up. You know, Notre Dame was, what, 18th against the pass last year. Pass rush was okay. Look, man, if that defensive line just take a step forward, put pressure on the quarterback, and the linebacker play steps up, I can see it. I can see it. And I think they're just more athletic in the defensive line this year, honestly far more athletic than they've been with the starters they've had. And that's including Isaiah Foster, who was just drafted in the second round. That's right. 
That's right. Yeah. So Notre Dame is still looking for man help at the safety position, though. That is interesting. You know, they're still looking at a transfer portal for safety help. Hey, I don't know what they see or what they don't see, but maybe it's a depth thing. Yeah, I was happy. You know, uh, Thomas Harper has had issues staying healthy uh, during the offseason, during the spring. And then Xavier Watts had a fantastic spring, in my opinion. And then Ramon Henderson, up and down for a lot of people. So, man, we will we'll see, Left, We'll see. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Fear Factor. That's what we've done. Next, we'll come back. We'll talk more recruiting for Notre Dame. We'll talk about the coaches on the hot seat. And then, um, man, I can't wait to get to the petty, get to the petty train today. It's going to be pretty fun today. Lucky Lefty Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify. Go tag in right now and see if Nation for all your great content. CFB All-American, also Rise and Draft with Ryan Roberts. We give you the audio edible each and every day. It's the Lucky Lucky Podcast. We spin it different. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.